Hello, welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano, and today we have another brand new co-host. Say hello to Caleb Gerard. Hello, Caleb. Hello, Al. How are you? I'm good. I pronounced the last name right, right? You absolutely did. Thank you. Awesome, Nick. So, Caleb, like our last two guests, uh, Murray Fox and Chris Mosby, joins us from the Tales from the Longbox podcast. And we shank him weekly for download from him. Sorry, Ben. No, 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 that was perfect. Keep going. Oh, I'm just going to say download it on your favorite podcast app weekly. We're also available on iTunes and so on and so forth. Chris is much better at that than I am, but uh, it is, it's out there. And wow, we're on, we just passed our five year anniversary actually. Yeah, uh, two That's weeks ago. That's right. Congratulations. Thank you. Because yeah, you guys started with uh, 52, 52. Yes. We actually started the the summer before, actually the August before that came out. So it was just in that that little gap of time when Flashpoint was wrapping up and the new 52 was being, all the titles and creative teams were being announced. So our first couple episodes were actually just, this sounds cool. Speculation. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember those episodes. And then devolved into whatever the heck it is we want to talk about each week. So we, we are, I'll tell you, I mean, to kind of... Go off on a tangent for a moment. We're, we're enjoying the hell out of the the rebirth stuff, and that's been taking a lot of our weekly episodes lately. Yes, yes, I noticed. Actually, I was just listening the other day to your uh, Just League Fifty One episode. Oh, thank you. Oh, that was the uh, the Robin issue, yes. wasn't it? Oh God, that was so good. Yeah, that sounded good. I'm gonna have to read that one eventually. Dan Abnett is uh, is is a god right now over at DC. He is a good writer. I like him. Yes, I've, I've come to enjoy him as well. But, yes, yeah, so that's what they do. They talk about, well, right now they're doing a lot of rebirth stuff, but you've done a lot of other ones, too. I mean, you've gone through random times where you've just gone through random issues. Yeah, and we, we've been lucky enough to do a couple of interviews and yep. with some pros and some uh, some non-pros who are just other fanboys and fan, no fangirls. We haven't had any fangirls on, except for my daughter. My daughter did it once a couple years ago. And then uh, we've done a couple retailers, which was interesting. We need to do that again now and see how this rebirth thing is affecting the retailers. Yeah, that's right, because actually I was on one of those. I couldn't believe when Chris told me it was five years. I I was shocked. I know. It kind of goes by. You're like, wait, how long? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, You've been – yeah, gosh, we had you. We had uh, Chris Walsh on. We've had – Oh my God! Who else have we had on? I, I I'm so bad about this stuff. Uh, thank goodness Chris archives this stuff, so I don't necessarily have to memorize it. Hey, why do you have to memorize things when they're on a computer? That's right. I'm I'm like Professor Henry Jones. I we write it down so we don't have to remember it. Exactly. Just don't give it to the Nazis. <laughs> but the pretty, except for the pretty ones. Well, yeah. They can take, they can take whatever they want. It, it, until they still talk in their sleep. Oh, gosh. That always gets me every time. Yep. Uh, so anyhow, yes, yeah, so I mean that that's that's me now. Uh, I'm in Arizona, and similar reason to you why you moved to Florida is it's it's cheaper here than where we were. Yes, and winter so. sucks. <laughs> and winter sucks where you were. Well, I was in LA, so we didn't have winter. We had uh, it was perpetual sunshine and and rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, I was in Jersey. We had winter. Lots of winter. <laughs> so I've heard. I, I, I've only been there during the summer, which was just as 
miserable, but exactly, uh, yeah. And we were getting we were getting all the hurricanes. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you'll you'll be much you'll be much safer down in Florida. Well, so far for the last couple of years, yeah. Okay. Hey, you know what? At least it's a trade-off. You know, you get the land of perpetual, you know, warmth for the most part and sunshine. Occasional hurricane it was kind of fair. It's like, okay, Jersey, you didn't have the hurricanes, but you also didn't get all that niceness. And now it's like, wait, oh. so we're getting the hurricanes and the crappy weather? Like, where's the fairness? That didn't work. Uh, you know what? You actually did win in that in that trade-off. You know, you traded one 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 negative for a couple positives. I mean, yes, you maintained the hurricanes, but everything else goes in the plus column. Yeah, although it gets really hot here in the summer, in case no one was aware of that. Uh, Arizona here, dude. Uh, yeah, my brother used to live there for a while. It's nice. Good community. Yeah, it was mostly for him. He got wet banded, however. He got what? Wet banded. The no- somebody uh, you ever see Home Alone? Yeah. Remember what the crooks did? They would stop up the sinks. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. What somebody that- did that to the apartment above him, and his stuff got fl- got flooded underneath. Wow, that sucks. Yeah. I, we were like, really? People do that in real life? <laughs> that was funny. I was just about to say. That doesn't sound like sounds like something straight out of a movie. And in fact, it's the movie stole it from real life. Okay, got it. Real quick then, before we get to the uh, synopsis. Okay, so we're doing Daredevil 107. And this is obviously Marvel Bronze Age. So where are we? Where is this with you and your comic reading? Is this like, are we talking about writing your wheelhouse or are we so so far in the alien alien world that you don't know where you are? Well, I my for my part, I was mostly DC. I, I was raised as a DC reader. I, so during this period, a good friend of my mom's, uh, he would give me his issues of X Men and uh, uh, Master of Kung Fu. Oh, what was cool. the other one? There was something else that was coming out about the same time that he would give me copies of. But the one thing that always stuck out is they always smelled they smelled strongly of marijuana. His book. So whenever I see stuff like this, I, I get the the uh, the sensation of not the physical sensation, but the, the smell sensation of that. Even though this is a digital copy that I'm looking it at, it still right brings now. it back. It does. It does. Uh, but yeah, he would give me all those copies. So it was around the time if I'm if I'm Getting the dates right, the X Men were in Japan at the time. I think it was. Well, this it was, is yeah. well, this is that same era, but this was actually about a year before the X Men came back. Oh, this is pre Uncanny. Okay, this is so, uh, Jan- this is January seventy three or seventy four. I forget which. Okay, so I was I was pretty early on in my comic book reading. I was reading Legion of Superheroes over DC. A little bit of Justice League, uh, whatever Titans I could get in the back issue bins at, at the crummy comic book store that was near my house. Uh, I mean, you weren't far away from, like you said, from X Men because I mean, this is this is right around that time period. You know, they're coming back. Yeah. Right so this is all yeah, again, melds in together. Yeah, and that's I mean, I, the 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 trade dress is what what made me think about that. Time. Oh yeah, it stayed like that for a while. They all look familiar. January yeah, seventy four. Okay, so yeah, I guess Uncanny was just around the corner. Uh, it would have been another yeah, you're right, another six, maybe twelve months out, uh, or at least that period of Uncanny. So, 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's where I was. I mean, I was, uh, but again, right around this period that, again, pushing the time out of about a year down the calendar, that is what I was reading. But at the time of this was coming out, primarily DC, I can't think of any Marvel, maybe an Avengers here or there. Uh, that's about it, though. Okay. And yeah, I was actually just looking because Incredible Hulk was on at this month was an issue 171. So you're 10 issues away from Wolverine. And then he was in the X-Men shortly after that. So yeah. That's all so, yeah, about a year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is all that time period. So they weren't quite in Japan then. So I'm, I'm, I'm even going maybe another two years out when I started really getting my, my major Marvel, uh, exposure. And this is still like another year and a half before I even existed. <laughs> oh, I feel old. Well, at least it's only a year and a half. It's not. We're not talking like, hey, twenty more years, I would have been born. Twenty more. I, I wasn't even a. You weren't even a, a, a twinkle in your daddy's eye. Okay. I believe my parents had, knew each other by this point. That was it. I had lived in. Gosh, I guess seventy-three. So that would put it. Um, no, not quite in. Yeah, so I was still in kindergarten, maybe first grade. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I'm old. We've, we've established we've established for the record that I am old. Got it. Join the club. <laughs> Not like I said. It's you know. Hey, hey, hey well, want to feel really horrible? Listen to one of uh, John Wilson's Avengers Inspirations shows that he does of his daughter, who's a teenager. Oh, I remember when he started those. She was, uh, yeah, or when he started doing shows with her. She was so young. Yeah, and now she's in high school. That just, yeah, that freaks me out a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, so that's Caleb. And so, everyone, hold on a second. I'm going to put in right now the uh, Everloving synopsis, so that way you have a clue. And then we're going to come back and give you the full lowdown of this. Well, you mentioned marijuana before, and like a lot of Marvel 70 stuff, that that probably was involved in the creation. <laughs> At least the writing and editing and drawing. Oh, wait a minute. That is the creation. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's the synopsis. Daredevil 107, Blind Man's Bluff. Cover dated January 1974, with an on-sale date of September 25th, 1973, and a cover price of 20 cents. Written by Steve Gerber, art by Bob Brown, ink by Sal Busima, letters by Charlotte Jetter, colors by Petra Goldberg, edited by Roy Thomas, cover art Jim Starlin and Al Milgram. In the streets of San Francisco, Karen Broderick, Terex, and Ramrod face off against Daredevil, Black Widow, Moondragon, and the SFPD. Our heroes watch in horror as Broderick and Terex meld until Terex is Broderick's face and crazy hair as they become one. He then gives the city one hour to crown him king, or everyone in it will die. Daredevil attempts an attack, but as he slams into Tarek slash Broderick with a full-force kick, he loses all ability to move his legs. Using his new power, I'm just going to call him Terex. Terex temporarily robs Daredevil of the ability to use his legs, instead of just killing him, because that wouldn't make more sense. While Daredevil recovers, the entire scene had been playing on TV and watched by Matt's law partner, Jason Sloan. Jason has a slight meltdown watching it and runs out of his office to do something about Broderick. The police take Daredevil and the others to Commissioner O'Hara, who does not believe their story about Terex's origins. While there, they hear that Terex is at the Golden Gate Bridge fighting with Captain Marvel. At the fight, 
Ramrod attempts to defend his master, but is taken up by Marvel, who changes to Rick Jones at the end of the fight. Rick then decides to buy some ice cream, while Daredevil attempts to find Marvel in the rubble. Rick then changes back to Captain Marvel, and confirms the space aspect of Moondragon's story. While she didn't believe Moondragon, the Black Widow does believe Captain Marvel. From Marvel, we learn that Terex was created by a scientist on Titan, as a doomsday weapon. If Thanos was to fully win, Terex was to be released to destroy all life on Titan, a sort of scorched earth policy. However, Thanos struck too soon, and the scientist died. The only other one on Titan who understood it was Moondragon. Moondragon thinks she has brought an indestructible menace to Earth, but Captain Marvel doesn't think it's exactly that way. He believes that anything can be destroyed by its opposite. Since Terex is a being of pure life, he can be destroyed by unlife. Unlife, by the way, is different from death apparently, which is the absence of life. While our heroes come up with a plan, Jason Sloan confronts Terex and shoots him to no avail. Jason is begging for death when Matt Murdock shows up. Angar the Screamer then shows up, but not to help Terex. He is mad that Terex killed his girlfriend Janice, last issue, and uses his powers to warp the perception of reality around him. Matt, the Widow, and Marvel all use this window to attack Terex, while Moondragon approaches Angar. Using her power, she helps Angar to create a specific illusion. This creates absolute darkness around Terex, and in his panic, he thrashes around until he finds an egg, the universal symbol of life. Smashing the egg, he is covered by more blackness, or the void. This is unlife, apparently. When the illusion is dispersed, Tarex is gone, Broderick lies dead, Angar has lost his powers, and Captain Marvel takes his leave of the West Coast. You can find this issue reprinted in Essential Daredevil Volume 5, The Avengers vs. Thanos trade paperback, and digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Don't call them babes. Definitely don't call them broads. But can we call them birds? Welcome to Feathers and Foes, a Birds of Prey podcast where we are celebrating the tales of the Femme Fatales. Superman flies above you. Aquaman rules below you. But the birds stand with you. Feathers and Foes. I'm your host, Ashford. And in the studio with me is... Hello. Black Canary... Wait a minute, what did you do with Leah and Mark? Did you just call me a broad? No, I said don't call them babes, don't call them broads. So you're saying I'm not a babe? No, yes, I don't know. I, I don't see you as some object. I see you as a well-rounded character with her own wants, desires, and agency. Stop saying buzzwords, hoping to gain a female audience. Canary, how dare you question my sincerity? That's Black Canary to you. Do you want me to plug your show or not? Please plug my show, Miss Canary. You can contact Ashford, Leah, or Mark on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Feathers and Foes. You can also email them on the website feathersandfoes.libsyn.com. In addition to all of this, you may subscribe to them on iTunes. Just go to the search option and type Feathers and Foes. There we go. <laughs> we all caught up? I love it. I am. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, we don't have to go to order, but let's start the cover here. So, Daredevil and the Black Widow 107. And I'm not sure how much longer, but Black Widow is going to lose cover status pretty soon. This is a beautiful cover, at least layout-wise. There's a little a little funkiness to the faces on both the Black Widow and Captain Marvel, or Marvel. Yeah. But the... 
I love I love the the composition of the cover and the use of the 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 boxes on the cover. I mean, I miss that kind of stuff where you know, what's this? Matt Murdock going into action without his costume. I love that. That's just the cover blurbs. Yeah. Yes, it's, and, it's so cool. In seventies Marvel fashion, they can't just put one on; they have to put multiple ones on. Three. <laughs> he has no choice in the story we call Blind Man's Bluff. <laughs> Guest starring the one and only Captain Marvel. It is Captain Marvel, and it's like however, like whatever space we can fill on here, we have to fill. We can't have empty space on here. We might have to pay the the cover artist actual real fees and now it depends too because they're they're wrong sometimes according to comic book db they're saying the cover artist is al milgram and jim starlin wow um i know he did a couple pages in in one of the earlier issues i think in 105 did yes. he do yeah. did a couple pages yeah he did the uh, moon dragon origin um not the best Starlin if this is who did the cover, but uh, again, the composition's cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to look through her more, because I'm looking, especially the Black Widow, and I'm seeing a bit more Sal Buscema. And he was the inker for the issue. With those eyes? Yeah. yeah. The eyes on her face, she's looking a bit more Buscema, and so, I'll, I mean, by the time I've done the synopsis, which already has all these credits in it, I'll have done more research and figured it out. I wonder if there was a house style, and maybe that's why, if it is Starlin, that it looks it looks like Fusima, who looks like a little bit like Heck, who looks a little bit like Bob Brown sort of stuff. It, it, it may be maybe that. Yes. And, yeah, Bob Brown is the artist on the inside, which is kind of funny that he did this one, too, because Bob Brown has done a lot. I'd never really heard of Bob Brown until I started doing this podcast. And then, like, it feels like half the issues we've covered have all been by Bob Brown. He's on Avengers, he's on Daredevil, he's on Warlock. I had never heard of him until this, until I went into this issue. Uh, he the actually name. is the artist on several of the issues in the, because uh, we did the Avengers Defenders War. Oh, oh he did those as well, didn't he? he? Did You're right. He did several of those issues. Right. So, like I said, he's like all over this era, and all over this, uh, as much as like Starlin, he's all over the Adam Warlock stuff too. Just without realizing it. I wonder, I wonder why he doesn't get the recognition that clearly, I mean, for, especially during this period, this, this was a heyday, uh, not moneymaker for Marvel, but it certainly was giving them a, a, a certain style, a certain style of storytelling. Uh, yeah. That, that's what was coming out of this. I mean, uh, he, I know he did Daredevil for a while after this because he's in there for at least another, a while. He's the uh, co-creator or, Creator, I'm gonna go co-creator of uh, Bullseye. Really? Yeah. The things I'm learning today, the list gets, just gets longer and longer. Okay. Unfortunately, he passed away like a few years after this. Well, so. the thing that jumped out at me in this whole issue was there were there were two things that jumped out at me is that they clearly, despite this being a crossover with with the bigger story that with Adam Warlock and Thanos, is that is the the little story beats that are thrown in throughout these three issues that aren't aren't resolved. They're like the, the thing with the the police chief yes. uh, in this particular issue. Um, Which actually, was, I didn't realize, by the way, that police chief, until I was listening to another show, um, I'm the Gun. I know, they, I know they had him on Legion of Substitute Podcasters, the guy who hosts that. He does 
he does stuff on Shanna the She-Devil a lot. That's Shanna's uncle, I believe. The brother he's talking about dying is Shanna's father being killed. Oh, so continuity is what you're suggesting here. Yeah, okay. because she actually shows up in the next, like, three or four issues, apparently, of Daredevil. Well, he gets all the hot chicks in his yeah. book, doesn't uh, he? Daredevil gets around. I mean, in the Marvel Universe, it's like Daredevil and Wolverine. <laughs> That's right. Like Wolverine does. <laughs> their numbers are in, like, the triple digits. Oh, I mean, at this point, anyone wants to date them, it's like, okay, I first want to test to make sure. They're they're at, they're all Eskimo brothers, like on uh, the league. Yes. <laughs> I, I have heard of the term. Okay, I'm surprised Daredevil doesn't have kids out there too. Well, you know they've got to come up with new storylines, and I know uh, I, what's his name who writes it right now is. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of the book currently, but I can see him pulling out a Daredevil kid at some point. It wouldn't shock me. Well, I mean, might as well. I mean. <laughs> You can't be that, you know, I mean, even if you're careful that much, that many time, that many people, the odds got to give it. Something's got to go wrong. Well, you know, he has been overly irradiated, so there's always that possibility that he's shooting blanks. Well, that's true. Going totally off topic. I apologize. I just noticed he's got Moon Dragon in here. He's got Black Widow. And then you said that Shanna, Shanna comes in in the next couple issues. So good exactly. Lord. Yeah, uh, Daredevil she, gets around. Two of the, 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 the skimpiest costumes in Marvel comics, uh, between Moondragon and, and uh, She-Devil, so. I know. Moondragon's only looks kind of demure because it has, yeah, has that big cape all over and the big... Well, she can't look to the side. Apparently <laughs> not. No, no, no side shots. Got it. I mean, otherwise, without that cape, I mean, we said it last time, uh, last episode, she looks like sh- she's basically wearing Shadowlass's costume. <laughs> She is. <laughs> uh, the one thing they didn't mention is how she, and maybe it was in the previous issue when they did her origin, or two issues ago when they did her origin, but why she's bald. She was a monk. Right, well, I ate the, the closest I can get. They never actually explain it, but she was raised in a monastery, so you kind of go with, I guess that's why. Yeah, because she had hair when she was put into the monastery, and then all of a sudden she was bald and... and she continues to be bald. She likes it. It's her look. It's her thing. It's her look. It works for her. She rocks the bald head. She's just used to it. Well, I, again, I, I like. I, I was. I like how they set up the future uh, story beats for for later issues. Yeah, the police chief. Yeah, and that's going to set up that Shanna story that's coming up soon. And what, you said there was another one. I, I'm trying to find it here. I had it. I had it in front of me a minute ago, and I. Oh. um... I, I, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but Angar, Angar? Uh, I, I always I, pronounce it Angar. Angar. Uh, the only one of the, the three supporting villains who pops up elsewhere in the Marvel Universe. But Yes. Um, and on I TV. On TV? He was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? Uh, see, I, if I'd watch it, I would know that. He um, didn't look like that. He didn't have the, the handlebar mustache and the uh, yeah. the long hair? And the vet and the... The vests with the fringe. <laughs> well, I'm going to think that, that that episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was not set during the the, uh, the hippie era of San Francisco. Sadly, no. Okay. That would have been cool. My God. Coulson is it. Yeah. <laughs> Coulson's lucky. Although, my God, 
I've, I've said this each episode because I'm hoping somebody will eventually do it. Somebody needs to cosplay as Angar. I want to see an Angar cosplay somewhere. That would be so awesome. Well, him and him and that uh, who's the uh, the the Superman uh, knockoff that was in Superman for a while that also was in uh, recently in the Supergirl show and was on, in the Power Girl comic for the longest time. Ah. Oh, Vartox. Vartox, yes. Yeah, the one who looks like Sean Connery from that weird '70s movie. Yes, yeah, uh, I know exactly this weird '70s movie you're talking about as well. But that's I've never could, seen it, could, but I know it. Yeah, they could they could be uh, brothers, and they could uh, uh, with a great, awesome tailor that they both visit on a regular basis. Yes. Now, <laughs> wow, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the designs here. It's well, just, if we're doing designs, let's. Get, I mean, we everyone's made fun of him so far, so it's your turn, Ramrod. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't sound like there's anything I need to add there. I mean, it's uh, he looks he looks like a, a an unused character from Masters of the Universe. That's added. No one, none of us have thought of that. But he does. You're right. He looks like a prototype for Ram Man. Ram Man. That's the character's name. Yeah, with the square helmet thing going on. Yeah, I had that toy with a kid, and like the little feet, like you push it down, and then you hit the button, and it pops, like you know, pops off the feet. Like it's attacking. Yeah, a friend of mine cosplayed him at San Diego this year. Oh, that's awesome! He and a bunch of his buddies from here and from uh, Southern California went as various Masters of the Universe characters, and that was who he ended up getting. Would he have a problem if I if I had his picture on this uh, picture? Because I usually put links up to like different things, like you know that we talk about. I would love. I to can't have imagine he would have a problem with it. He has posted. About uh, 30 pictures of himself up on Facebook, so... If you don't mind, later on, send me a cup, one of those pictures of him as Ram Man, because I want to put that up with a link to that. Sure, sure, I will, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, just remind me later, and I'll... I'll yeah, oh, that's over to you. so awesome. See, yeah, you he, added something. Thank you. It, it doesn't, I mean, it looks like a, a, a Hasbro character, but maybe yeah. that's just the... I mean, he's not as stiff. Uh, Bob Brown's art is not as stiff as, say, like Kurt Swan or some of the other guys from the 60s and the 50s. Yeah. But there's definitely a stiffness to his uh, to his art. Though we t- there, there are some pretty dynamic panels. Like, I mean, you're making we're making fun of Ramrod, but there's this panel on page it looks like 15 of the, you know, or it actually says 15 on the comic yeah. where he's bouncing towards. Oh, it's uh, like the first panel Marvel. he's bouncing through the park. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty dynamic. I mean, I realize that that's not the actual physical part of him that's dynamic, but showing the movement lines in the background is pretty cool. And then yeah. him crashing through the through wall in Panel 5. that one. Yeah. Um, but then, oh, my God, his Rick Jones is... <laughs> yeah, his Rick Jones looks like he's 14. Yeah, that's a big hair. Wow, it's like it's like uh, Mickey Dolan's size hair. Yes, <laughs> Well, he was going on the road. He is currently about to get ready to go on the road singing. So, you know, he could have been a monkey. Okay. Oh, did you see in the Civil War II crossover that came out last week, he got Jimi Hendrix's uh, Stratocaster? No. Oh, that's awesome. It was willed to him from uh, spoilers from Bruce Banner. Oh, I already heard. Yeah, I heard about that. Okay. That part I knew about. All right. Not the Stratocaster. Yeah, that was a. It was. 
I don't remember what they had. Civil War Survivors or Survivors Death Knell or something. I don't know. Whatever <laughs> it was called. Civil War, give me my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Civil War, hey, where's my share? <laughs> Civil War, uh, Civil, yeah. Uh, I think it's some kind of legal term, but I couldn't. Although, don't there, yeah. He goes for ice cream after that. I love that. <laughs> hmm. There is there is all sorts of uh, destruction going on, and my buddy is trapped in the negatives, not the negative zone. And I'm get, I, all I need to do is hit these now non-existent invisible bracelets together. But I need a scoop of tutti frutti. Yeah. Can I have some ice cream, please? Now, I was like, Rick, Rick, what's wrong with you? Come on. Get me out of here. I, uh, you're going to have to remind me. So how did Rick get hold of the Negabands? Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. It happened before the Starlin run of Captain Marvel, like 21 or 22. Uh, I think he was under attack by somebody, or the, and he had just put them on to... Uh... Oh, no, wait, no, no, never mind, sorry. There was, it, to make it convoluted, back in, like, 2021... Of Captain Marvel, some for some convoluted reason, he found them, put them on, and merged with Marvel. Did this whole thing with Marvel, and then the book got put on hiatus again. And then they did the Kree Scroll War, and they were both in that. And during that, they got separated, and then Rick almost died, and they bonded again to save his life. So they they reset. They 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 yes. moved the <laughs> they, story forward, and then they hit the reset button at the end of the story. Got it. Because that was then they were because they were going to redo because they were going to bring Captain Marvel back again. Like Captain Marvel was like on hiatus like three or four times in the first twenty four issues. Because <laughs> if you read through it, you can kind of almost guess where it is because they keep completely rechanging things. I mean, at one point, Marvel's almost like a supervillain. It seems like <laughs> for like two issues. They're the they're the iris of the uh, of this. Of their own world, got it. Until they finally got the... I mean, the one thing that actually made him stay for a while was when Starlin took over. And basically, as I keep saying, made him basically Superman. And where is... Actually, in publishing history, when is Steranko's Nick Fury command? Is that before or around the same time? That would be before this, because I believe Steranko's Nick Fury was like late 60s. Okay, I, I, I knew it was late 60s, or I was thinking late 60s, early 70s, but... And even if it was again, early 70s, it probably was over by, like, 71, 72. Okay. Because I know that that was also started setting the table for that wonky style that, that Marvel embraced. Yeah. No, Starenko definitely was before Starlin. Okay. Okay. It seems to have that same, I've been smoking too much pot feel about it. Well, you get that a lot from a lot of these guys at this time period. I mean, I don't know who was or wasn't, but you know, when you get, when you get a lot of stuff and you're reading from like Gerber, Engelhart, Len Wein, Jerry Com- Jerry Conway, like I don't know if I'll put Roy Thomas in that. He was a few years older than this, so I think he was a little too. You know, he was a few years older. He was editing at this point. Had he had he started writing? Was he doing like Invaders at this point, or was this before he did Invaders? Uh, I don't know if Invaders, but I know he was. I mean, he had been writing definitely for Marvel for a while. Okay. Because he took over X Men like when uh, Stan Lee stopped doing it, like in the early twenties issue wow. was. And he was ready to. And he had done Avengers run that time too. Uh, let's see. Well, Invaders did not come out this month. I'll say that. It did not. Okay. 
So that was another. That was one I back issued for a while. I always dug on the Invaders. So oh yeah, that Invaders was a fun book. Uh, let's see, uh, 1975. Okay, oh, so no. like a little bit after this. Okay. Yes. Yeah, no, he, uh, actually even like the, uh, James Robinson Invaders that was out two years ago, I think. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, well, James Robinson's like the, the proto version of Roy Thomas at this point. Yeah, he likes to take out those old characters. He just likes to do a little bit more than Roy did. I mean, Roy liked to use them, but he liked to keep them as they were. Yeah. No, James like right. step. He wants to do a little more with them, like change them up a bit. Yeah, well, and that's what Starman was all about. So. Exactly. But yeah, he did Invaders 2. Plus, he had that nice ending with the cat and the Human Torch. I'm going to have to revisit that, because I don't remember, but... If you remember, they had Speedball's old cat, and they kept saying they were going to eventually put the cat down and dissect it. I don't remember like that. That's yeah. disturbing. I don't recall that. Yeah. It ends with him adopting the cat. Oh, my God, I don't recall that at all. I just remember it gave... Hammond is now one of his go-to characters in all the books that he writes. I didn't know that they were going to kill the cat, though. Well, no, well, he adopted the cat at the end. He adopted the cat. The last issue is him with the cat. The last okay. page. Okay. Well, that, that's comforting. Okay, sorry, I'm going off. No. Again. Uh, this, now this show is, goes off, don't worry. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is Radio On Demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. Superman. Captain Marvel. Batman. It is 1985. Robin of Earth 2. Sergeant Rock. The Legion of Superheroes. This is the most eagerly awaited comic book event in 50 years. Tommy Tomorrow. Jonah Hex. Commanding. It will one day be called the greatest comic book event of all time. Swamp Thing. Wonder Woman. The New Teen Titans. The Haunted Tank. Infinity Incorporated. Worlds will live. Green Arrow. Worlds will die. Supergirl. The Flash. And that is only the beginning. The Justice League of America. The All-Star Squadron. The Huntress. Ariane. The Metal Man. Firestorm. The Nuclear Man. Outsiders. Green Lantern. The Blue Beetle. The Crime Syndicate. Warlord. The Guardians of the Universe. Tales of the Justice Society of America proudly presents... And many, many more. Crisis on Infinite Earths. The DC Universe will never be the same. Coming January only at two truefreaks.com. This, this villain, this 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 old guy who looks like Simon Stagg from yeah. Metamorpho. That, oh, he does. Uh, yeah, Broderick. He apparently was Murdoch's boss when he was living in L.A. The, or sorry, San Francisco the first time. I, I yeah, it's it's the most ludicrous villain I've I've encountered. I mean, he's an old guy who somehow is is holding his own in the middle of this this battle 
Be- well, even before he merges with Terex. Yes. So. Well, because he controlled Terex, so. And I, I, Donus, I mean, we're still, me and Chris were still trying to figure out the, the whole episode how this worked. It, it made no sense. Which part? Him. I mean, him, okay. Like how he got, I mean, he's nuts. That's yes. si- simple. He's nuts. But somehow, Moondragon's there, and Moondragon apparently needed a human ally for some reason that we don't know yet. And still don't know. And he convinced her that he was a good guy. And then she used science and made these supervillains for him. So she was like a dream girl in the early days of Legion. And she could make heroes and villains. Yes. Because she made three of them. She made Angar, Ramrod, and Dark and uh, Dark Messiah. Who, by the way, I actually liked Dark Messiah. I thought that was a cool character. And I don't remember ever seeing the poor guy ever, ever again. Yeah. Well, she took away his powers because... She has mental powers, and apparently that took away the science she used. Oh, well, of course. That's a science. <laughs> well, she also used her mental powers to give Daredevil sight again. Yeah. Like, telepathy fixes chemical burns. Uh, yeah, that was that was odd. And then she took him away because he was useless in battle with without with his sight. Yes. So this issue with me is at least a lot more sensible than the last one. And then he has no use of his legs for a few minutes. I don't understand why they just didn't kill them at that point, because they were willing to go ahead and desiccate that poor uh, girlfriend, Angar's girlfriend. Yeah, and they killed a cop in the last issue as well, as just an example. Yes. But but, no. but Daredevil, remember, Daredevil's like, look, my name's on the title. You can't kill me. <laughs> and, and, and that woman over there in black, you can't kill her either. If you're going to kill one uh, of us, you gotta have a lot more prep work, okay? This is gonna be a lot bigger. <laughs> That's right. You gotta you gotta be willing to uh, tie it into a huge company wide crossover. Oh wait a minute, this kind of is. Hold oh, on. Wait a minute, they could have. Oh damn. They had their chance to kill off both Black Widow and Daredevil, and did not take that. The sales alone would have justified the. Uh, well, it probably would have helped because this issue, starting in the next issue, Daredevil goes bi monthly. Which a lot of Marvels did, didn't they? I mean, they they were... Iron Man was bi-monthly at this point. Okay. For like now he has two books. Yeah. But yeah, for about a year and a half, Iron Man, as people who listen to the show know, we do a thing at the end where I talk about, like, whatever books Marvel, you know, uh, Adam Warlock and Thanos have been in before, you know, where they're at currently, you know, at, at the time of this issue coming out. And there was no Iron Man this issue. And I was like, there wasn't an Iron Man. And like, there's no Iron Man? So I had to look it up, and yeah, from 66 to 74, Iron, issues, not years, Iron Man was a bi-monthly book. Hmm. So and, for about a year there, okay. Yeah, year and a half. And Daredevil was bi-monthly for several years, because I believe Frank Miller's first few issues were bi-monthly still. You're just, you're just a knowledge bomb here, man. I occasionally do research. Thank you. Uh, and then I also like the fact that everybody's tie stays tied. That's... Uh, so much of the period. Well, you know, gotta look presentable at least. Yeah, yeah you can't show up looking all schlubby. Can't be a what do you call it? A, a hippie. Yeah, well, they already got a hippie. <laughs> they got a couple of them. Oh, but God, did he? Bob Brown did a disservice to Thanos. That on that. Oh yeah. The, issue. the Thanos. Yeah, his Thanos was not the best Thanos. Oof! Not imposing in the least bit. 
I mean, the second time you see Thanos, because the, the, on what, the top of page 23, looks a little better, although um, he looks very action figure-ish. Yes. You, you know what, going with what you said before, he looks kind of like Manny Faces. <laughs> He's about to flip his head around. Ah! He actually looks like, to me, a cross between Manny Faces, and now I know when talking about that, Thanos, this is going to sound really weird, Dark Side. I was just thinking his body is dark side right yeah. there in that on top of twenty three. There's no question about it. The yeah. with the little skirt and everything. Yeah. But yeah. Now of course I mean, why would you think dark side when you're talking about Thanos? Never. <laughs> you never you know, never in the same sentence. You're 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 crazy talk. Crazy talk. Especially in an issue where they talk about anti life I mean unlife. Sorry. Not anti life, unlife. Because uh, not that anti-life, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> no, that's. Uh, I'm gonna have to see if that's a real thing out there. Give me uh, give me a few minutes to break out my Chromebook and see if I can find that. Oh, go right ahead, please do. <laughs> I was laughing at that. I was reading it again this afternoon. I'm like, on life. <laughs> very subtle. Very not subtle. Oh my god! But some of these pan- these pages at the end. I don't know that it's like the different artist is drawing those last few pages of this. Uh, the origin, or not the origin, the 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 mindscape pages for Angar. Oh yeah, the craziness and the blackness. Yeah. Um, and even the panels leading up to it, where where Moon Dragon is doing the hand slap upside his head and uh, taking him into his terror space, and then it falls back on the other art on that last page where Marvel is. And only in the, but only one have I met whose eyes cannot see, yet who dares all for his cause. Yeah, now does Sorry. this mean Marvel knows who Daredevil is? Uh, because if he didn't know who Daredevil is, would it be like, what, what, would he be so praiseful of Daredevil? He's like, huh, Daredevil just kind of left. Yeah, Daredevil kind of pushed out if, if you don't know who he is. Yeah, now the Black Widow knows. We have to assume based on other things like the mental powers and stuff and the fact that she really has no scruples about that, Moondragon probably knows. Well, he has cosmic awareness, so he probably so, does know. Yeah, I'll go with that. I hadn't, I hadn't, put, I hadn't put one and two together. I, I, just, I was uh, letting uh, the purple pros get the best of me. Or the insanity of the evil egg. The evil egg. <laughs> Oh my god, I remember I broke a, a rotten egg one time, and that was evil, but this, this is something different on, on page 31. That is just this, the horror that is called unlife. Life. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, and one other thing I, I, I remember from childhood was the continued after next page. There should have been a, you should, too bad this, this copy didn't have the hostess ads in it. No, it only had the, it did have the letter page though with the, uh, with a little ad for Man Thing One and Kazar One, I saw that. I, I so this is right around the same time as Swamp Thing. Yep. Well, yeah, Swamp Thing was like what seventy one. Yeah, Swamp Thing was very early seventies. So. Yeah. Well, there's that. There's always that whole thing about Swamp Thing and Man Thing coming out around the same time. Do you ever do that when you look at the letters page in these old ones? See if there's any names of the letters writers. Um, let me look real quick. I don't remember. There aren't Kim Johnson, Mike Garner, and 
John Drake. Nope. It's Don. It's Don Drake. Hold on, it's a Mad Men reference. Wait a minute, it's John Drake. <laughs> it's Bobby. It's Iceman's brother, John or cousin, <laughs> John. It's, it's the less. It's the lesser known Drake. Hate the Drake. Ah, you know, I just realized something. I look at this letter page. Now, several episodes ago, me and John Wilson were doing an issue of Warlock, and they called. They said like Los Angeles, Cal, instead of saying California or just CA. And we mm-hmm. thought that was really weird. But looking at these abbreviations that they have here, they have like a C A L I F for California, and John Drake is from Pil- Philadelphia, Penn. And I suppose it's just a PN. Yeah, so I'm assuming maybe that this time they kind of... Or PA, excuse me, sorry. Yeah, they kind of, I guess, they, people did like a longer abbreviation for states. I may be older than you, but I'm not old enough to know why. Well, you were probably too young to know about anything about that at that point. I may have written a postcard by this point. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. And still gotten it, still gotten it wrong. Kazar was at this point. I loved Kazar. Kazar and, uh, and, uh, Shana and the whole, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Zabu. 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 Oh yeah, Zabu. Zabu. Or, or Zabu. I don't, depends. Okay. You're talking to somebody who always used to say Magneto. Oh! Cardinal Sin. Magneto sounded goofy to me. It was, it was Stan Lee. Oh, but okay. real quick then, while we're talking, to go back to what we said about bad Thanos art, the other page of Thanos, page, was it, 22, he kind of looks like a miscolored thing, like early thing, early Kirby thing, like before he was really rocky when he kind of looked like just kind of like mud. I would agree. I would agree, but they still did the thing with his face, the uh, the chin and uh, the lips, like he's dehydrated. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Get a glass of water, quick. I mean, you gotta, like, at some point, Star Fox had to look at his father and go, Dad, really? <laughs> Who was she? Come on, seriously, Dad, this did not come from Mom. <laughs> okay. Did you not notice a problem here? <laughs> There's an issue. Come on, fix the poor guy. Either that or he's not yours, Dad. It's not Mom's or not yours. It's one of the two of you. Who's the mailman? That's <laughs> <laughs> it was a damn space cabbie. They got around. It was. It was. You know. That's why it's the the cosmic Marvel. Exactly. I mean, they're all related. It's some somehow with the gazillion of characters that are out there. They always all end up in the same the same war in the same battle exactly. in the same exact spot. It's well, like, it's like The Walking Dead. Yeah. Well, hey, this time period. I mean, when they drew space, it was very crowded. Like eight planets were all like within hopping distance of each other. God, I was just reading an issue of Uncanny Avengers, and somehow they got to the sun from Earth in like seconds. Of course. And this, this is this is new. This is a current comic. This is not back yeah. in the days when you know distance didn't mean anything in the Marvel universe. Yeah, science, 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 science. Goodness gracious. Way to blow off uh, Einstein. Hey, they have, I have enough science in these issues that I don't understand. I don't... <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how 
Moon Dragon was able to take away powers last issue because of her mental powers, but she couldn't just, you know, knock Terex out with her mental powers. Well, that would, that would have been logical. Yeah. I mean, Can't. at least say something like, oh, his merging with him is preventing me from doing anything. And how about that name, Terex? I, I don't know, had Terex, the, 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 the Fantastic Four character, had, had he come around yet? I don't think so. I think he, I think he was a burn creation. Okay. I did not know that. I'm pretty, I don't, at least I don't think he was a, uh, previous creation. A Kirby Stan Lee creation. Got it. Okay. Sorry. I'm looking for something while we're talking. I apologize. My, I'm not finding it. Oh well. Eric Hamer. Let's see. I mean, it, it, yeah, so this, this, created by John Byrne and Marv Wolfman. Okay. Marv Wolfman? Yeah, a Fantastic Four <laughs> 211. So it was before, technically it was before Byrne's real run on the Fantastic Four. Okay. 1979. Live and learn. I love the internet. Oh, did you find anything on Unlife or no? I was kidding. I was not going to look it up. Uh, I, I, I was, I was being a smart ass. I, there, there, I'm sure Unlife comes in again somewhere where they, they were trying to not say anti-life, but I, I'm, I don't, I don't have enough interest in that particular, uh, use of someone else's property or not, not use of someone else's property to, to, to yeah, find this out. Was a- I mean, Thanos was one thing, but this was definitely a bit more blatant going into that. Luckily, as far as I can remember, Starlin never uses the unlife concept. Okay. It was, this looks like a one-time thing. I, I would be willing to bet, and it was just because of, they were, you know, the, the writer was trying to get some way to get rid of the character, and... He figured, hey, why not? Why not, indeed? Oh, but, but there is, by the way, I know, and I looked up real quick, I didn't find anything, but there is, and I've never read it, so I don't know if it's good or not, but there is apparently an online comic strip called Unlife. It's the only thing I ever found that I could find on it. You're much more industrious than I am. I admit it. No, I just like falling down the rabbit hole on the internet sometimes. <laughs> that is falling down it. You, uh, <laughs> you better hope there's a pillow down there. Okay, so let's see. So is there anything else we need to cover here? Anything else that popped uh, out to you? Other than other than I I like what they do with the Black Widow nowadays in the comics as opposed to how she's portrayed. Uh, oh, back yeah. In the days. She's so. still very much a kind of a wallflower here. I mean, she's better than in her early appearances where she just wore like wore a fancy dress or something, I think. And the high hair, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I I'm a big fan of what Wade is doing with her, and I'm, I'm as much as I think Scarlett Johansson is, is a horrible human being, uh, her portrayal of the character is, is great. Yeah. Whatever you do or do not like about her, she is, I think she's a good Black Widow, and I would, I would love to see her. I wish she would do her own movie. I would watch that. Yeah, I would too. I admit it. I would go. But uh, I will have to settle for that that movie she did last year. Oh, what was that? Um, 
it'll come to me. I'll remember it. Oh, you're, you're not talking about like one of the Marvel movies. You're talking about she did something Scarlet did on her own. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was uh, with the same guy, the, the Fifth Element director. Yeah, it was like it was like a name, right? Like that was the name of the movie. Yeah. It was like someone's name. Yeah, it'll come to me. But anyhow, but no, no. Other than that, I I, I appreciate you you letting me have a chance to read this. I I, I would never have in a, in a million years. I, I say that with no shame. It just would not have come up on my radar, given how much I do already read comic book wise. Yeah, sometimes there's like so much stuff you can't. <laughs> sometimes you can't yeah. get you know. There's no time to jump out into anything else. It's like, look, I'm already reading all the things I want to read. Yeah. Let alone the stuff I don't know. Yeah. So you're you're going down as you put it the rabbit hole into the into the whole Marvel Thanos stuff is uh, is laudable. I mean, you should you should get a medal for it of some sort when you're all finished with your, with your run through. I don't know how, I don't know how far down you're going to go. If you're going to go all the way into the, uh, into the current stuff that's going on with Thanos. Eventually. But, okay. I don't know if you're going to, and are you going to touch on his kid and Marvel's kid when, uh, the, like the Peter David stuff? Uh, I don't know. I mean, right now with the Marvel really, cause we're not doing, we're really mainly doing the Thanos and uh, warlock stuff. Okay. Marvel just kind of gets it because that's where Thanos is appearing. Okay. Got it. But, like, they reference here, like, there's two Marvel team-up issues that he was in that we have him covered because had nothing to do with Thanos. Got it. All right. So it's going to be mostly the Thanos. Okay. And you've got, you've got to promote the hell out of when you finally get to the graphic novel. Which one? The Death of Captain Marvel? The Death of Captain Marvel. Well, yeah. that yeah, that we're definitely going to do because... yeah. Thanos, Thanos is, is the big bad. Yeah. Thanos appears in it. Yeah, he's the guy who talks him into letting go. Yes. Although to promote somebody else's show, uh, unofficial seventy-five greatest Marvels countdown podcast episode, I think it was twenty-five or twenty-four. I already, did, I actually talked about that briefly. Oh, okay. But I will be getting into it more depth on my show in many, many months, if not. Yeah. Eventually, because we're finally going to get to Jim Sterling doing Adam Warlock by the end of this year. It's, uh, I, I, when you, I remember when you were talking about doing this, I thought, how long can, I mean, that, how much is there really? And then I, I guess, you know, when I looked at it a little bit, when I looked at the, you know, how much you had done up to this point, how much you had in front of you that I, you know, with even my cursory 50,000 foot view of what you were going to be covering, it's like, wow, there's a, buttload of stuff. Yeah, and I am neurotic enough that, like I said, we did the entire Avengers Defenders War because Adam and Thanos appear in one panel at the end. <laughs> that's, uh, that's devotion. But, alright, so it's, I'm not sure, it sounds like we kind of exhausted everything you're thinking about for this issue. Yes, yeah. Let's see, was there Nothing else? else. Thank you. Anything else I was supposed to there, oh, there is the entertainment factor of, again, Daredevil seems to... His a secret identity, for as important as it is to him, to the fact that he's created... In the past, he's created a fake twin brother. He's still... like He, a lot of times, will still go do stuff without it. Because, I mean, right here, he's still acting as Matt Murdock in the last few pages. Yes. He, this, he is... Yeah. Though, as, as, a, as a faithful viewer of the TV show, he's... Some only somewhat protective of his his identity there as well. Yes, yeah, he's not the great. Yeah, Daredevil and his secret identity. 
he's not always the greatest with it. I mean, I guess yeah. he figured, hey, this, maybe inventing twin brothers wasn't a great idea. <laughs> well, Mark Wade played on that as well in the uh, really? in his run on Daredevil, yes. I need to get to that eventually. Both the Mark Wade one and the old issues where he has a twin brother, because I'm looking forward to reading those. Because that's just insane. I, I have I, I just don't have the time for it, but let me know what you think. <laughs> well, it looks like Marvel Digital Unlimited has been putting a lot more Daredevil on recently, so I'll, I'll get to read those eventually. But, you will yeah. get to it, and you will enjoy it because it's it is totally uh, it's you know what it's worth it. I, I admit I've read them, so they're they're somewhere in my reading past. Someone your dirty, dirty past. I'm going to have to take a shower after talking about it now. <laughs> well, like someone told me once, you're not just podcasting with that person. You're podcasting with everyone they podcasted before and all the comics they read. Oh, and we're back to Eskimo Brothers again. Okay, got exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think we covered everything I wanted to on this, too. We made fun of everything we needed to. Touching all the continuity <laughs> stuff. Uh, come on. I mean, this... Trust me, if you listen to the last... When you listen to all three of these... And you listen to the last one, Mosby's. You got you guys got off easy because Mosby's was like the, just insane and bizarre okay. to the point like we end up just keep going off topic too much because we're like I, I, our brains couldn't handle this. It was just too nuts. Plus, it had that Don Heck stuff in there, and it was the anchor too because the Don Heck stuck in 105 is so much better than 106. I, you know what? I, I agree. I I had read all three of these in preparation for talking, so. You're absolutely right. The middle issue, uh, really, yeah, enough so said. You and Murray lucked out. You got the better art, and you actually got the issues that have Thanos in it. <laughs> he didn't even get a Thanos appearance. Poor Chris. Will he ever win? No. <laughs> Last episode, I shouted out some thanks to people who had been following our page on Tumblr. I was planning on starting with Facebook, but Facebook was being difficult and wasn't allowing me to find a list of people who liked our Facebook page. But it is working now, and since that was my original plan, we'll get back to Tumblr eventually, but for now, we're going to thank the people who liked, the, liked our page on Facebook. So today, we're going to shout out Keith Mason, John M. Wilson, Brian Zeno, Paul Showens, and Denny Clinton. You guys are all my cosmic heroes. I also want to give a shout out to another show, Four Guys in a Comic Podcast. I've been in touch with one of their hosts on Twitter, and they recently did an interview with artist Mike Allred. Yes, iZombie, Mad Men, Ecstatic, X-Force, Mike Allred. That guy. Anyway, when they did that interview, one of their questions actually came from me. And apparently on the show, they not only say that it comes from me, they also shout out our sh this show. So, I'd like to return the favor. The interview with Mike Allred drops on their episode this Sunday, August 28th. So, give it a listen. You can go on iTunes and find them. Four Guys in a Comic, or look them up directly online, fourguysinacomic.podbean.com. A link to their show can be found in the show notes. All right, so now we're up to the Friends and Enemies section, which, in case you haven't been here before on the show, uh, basically this book that we're talking about came out in January 1974. So we're going to talk about all the other books that Adam Warlock or Thanos have appeared in before on their January 1974 issues. And we're going to start with Avengers. So that would be, for your research, The Avengers 119, written by Steve Englehart, art by Bob Brown and Don Heck, 
Interesting. Based on what we just read. Uh, Night of the Collector. It's Halloween again, and that can only mean that the annual Halloween parade in Rutland is in full swing. Of course. Uh, this year, however, the Avengers may have met their match. Well, that Rutland parade was a big thing back then. Okay, I'll take your word for it. There was a big parade. It still happens, actually, in Rutland, Vermont. And they had a lot of people dressed like superheroes to the point where most of the writers and artists went to it. And there's a whole selection of issues that take place there. Uh, some Avengers, Thor, Batman... Wasn't there a there was a Spider Man? Oh my God! Yeah, okay, it's coming back to me. Just uh, League of America. Maybe that's where I saw it was JLA. I don't know. Freedom Fighters, Defenders. Yeah, there was a big. There's a lot of these issues that take place there. There, in fact, I forget what issues it was, but there was like a, even an unofficial Marvel DC crossover, where like I forget what issues it was for these, but like. Someone would get knocked out, like some random guy would get knocked out by them in, let's say, Avengers. And then in the Just League issue, they'd be walking by that same place and you'd see the guy knocked out. So it was kind of like supposed to be like that they both were taking place at the same place. They just never saw it. You know, the teams never saw each other. Coordination. That would be a Roy Thomas thing, I would imagine. Probably. Or Len Wein. Because, I mean, a lot of them also were doing, you know, Len Wein, Jerry Conway. They were doing both Marvel and DC stuff. And speaking of Jerry Conway... He was the writer for Fantastic Four 142 with Rich Buckler and Joe Sinnott doing the art. No friend beside, no friend behind him. After the tragic events of recent days, the FF has split up, seemingly forever. As Ben tracks down Alicia, Reed, Sue, and Johnny search for answers to the questions that hound them. And if you actually want a more in-depth look on that issue, go listen to Fantastic Cast episode 168. We also have The Incredible Hulk 171. By Jerry Conway, Steve Englehart, Herb Trimp, and Jack Abel. Revenge. At long last, the Rosses and the Hulk have returned to their New Mexico home after months of adventures abroad. However, it quickly becomes apparent that something is amiss at the Hulkbuster base. <laughs> oh my goodness. Again, the pros. Oh, yeah, I love these descriptions. The purple prose of the 1970s. Okay, so then we got Marvel Premiere number 13 by Frank Brunner, Steve Englehart again, and Krusty Bunkers. Yep. No, is that a real thing? Uh, well, it's not a real person. Okay. It was a group of people who randomly, you know, it was a large group of people who, when they were uh, basically issue was late, they would kind of get together and like a whole bunch of it ink it. Oh, it's Mr. Just in Time. Exactly, but it wasn't just for one person. It's like a lot of people. Um, I'm going to put a link on the issue, on the episode so people can look this up. But people like uh, Neil Adams and Dick Giordano were the principals behind it a lot of the times. But uh, Terry Austin was part of it. Frank Bruner, Howard Chaikin, Al Milgram, Starlin, Carl Potts, Gray Morrow, Larry Hama. Like they would get a whole bunch of people together and like ink an issue in like a weekend. I had no idea Larry Hammond had been around that long. All right. Uh, anyhow, so this was Time Doom. Uh, Strange, that, I assume that's Doctor Strange, has tracked his nemesis, Baron Mordo, back through time to the era of Cagliostro. But will he be able to contend with both Mordo and the other 
or will their combined power be too much? I'm going to guess, based on the fact that we have a movie coming out in a couple months here, it wasn't too much. He was obviously able to win. Yes. Spoiler, he didn't get killed. (laughs) (laughs) Good for him. And finally, we got Thor 219 by Jerry Conway, John Buscema, and Mike Esposito. A galaxy consumed. The Black Stars. What is this pent dad of ominous stellar bodies? They who devour whole galaxies in their indomitable march across the heavens. The might of Thor surely pales before them, but still he fights to save a universe. Wow, that Chris Hemsworth. He's out there. (laughs) You were talking about the 70s descriptions. I mean, it doesn't get more than that one's for Thor. That's like regular. It, yes, that that's that's pretty up there. That's how they describe Thor. Like every issue I've had to do is like this. It's insane. <laughs> uh, and I I would imagine that the description for Marvel premiere is that too much for his for him has been used many o time during that period as well. Oh, I'm sure. I also like in that description. But will he be able to contend with both Mordo and the other? It's like I don't want to have to type this whole name out again. I'm just going to put the other. That's right. We don't want to have to type Caglio. Caglio. I don't want to have to say it again. Exactly. I'm just going to say the other guy. And it's funny, they put other as in lowercase as opposed to, I would have put other with an uppercase O, but that's just the anal retentive semi-English teacher in me. <laughs> well, let's face it, most people who get in comics are at least somewhat anal retentive. Yeah, it's it's... You have. Well, you know, we're, we're always looking for the, the continuity, and, we're, and we were raised on having the little box down there that said, this is related to that issue. The, what did they call that? The um, Oh, the seeds. editor's boxes? The editor's box, thank you. Oh, I love, I miss those. I've seen them, I feel like I've seen them recently, but uh, anyhow, maybe I haven't. Maybe I'm just hallucinating. Too much, uh, too much exposure to 70s comics. It's the smell. <laughs> No, it's, it's making me high just thinking about it. Uh, oh, I'm hungry now. Hold on. Me too. All right, so we have this issue. We got villains that will never appear again except for Angor the Screamer. Uh, it, this story brings Moondragon. Not that she's that major a character, but she's big enough that you at least knew. I mean, you at least knew who she was beforehand, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, from Avengers and. Uh, well, from Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy when Abnett and Landing were doing them. Yes, that's right. She was dating Captain Marvel's daughter at the time. Yes, she went lesbian for uh, for that series. Uh, the one before too, actually, was the uh, Peter David Captain Marvel series. Oh, did she? Okay, she it's was been into a long, okay, she, long time. She was into Marlowe. Everybody was into Marlowe. I really can't blame them. <laughs> no. Nope. She was like Mary okay. Jane 2.0. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we're at the end, so, Caleb, thank you for joining us. Oh, no, thank you for having me. That's, we appreciate this it. Is, this was fun. I, we will, uh, I will, I will be sure to bug my, my cohorts at Tales from the Long Box about we, we need to drag you back over for a few, uh, a few discussion moments, maybe on, uh, what's going on with, uh, the upcoming Civil War stuff. Or not Civil War, excuse me, the stuff coming up with the Avengers. All right. Cool. Yeah, plus I mean, Thanos has a book coming out of it eventually. He does? He's getting really? his own title. 
goodness gracious. Okay, Marvel's well. at the point, it's like in the 70s, we're going to put a title out for every minor character we can think of. Wow. That's yeah, anyone that's, we think can headline a book, even for six issues. We're gonna put it. We're gonna slap it on the cover and put it out. Clearly, clearly. Well, uh, time for the uh, the D Man uh, comic book. That's what we need. <laughs> I forgot D Man. Batch Rock. We need a Batch Rock comic. This is perfect timing for a Batch Rock comic. No, we need we need a new revamp. We need a revamp of Angar the Screamer. Oh, well, if anything, if we got nothing else from this comic that we just went through, you're absolutely right. Because the return of the, the vest uh, and the hairy chest is... is Art by Mike Allred. <laughs> oh, shoot. Now I can actually picture it. I know. It. That would be awesome. Quick, more vodka. Hold on. <laughs> need to get that image out of my head. That would fit right in with his Silver Surfer. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Or at least have him guest star in there. Wow. Oh, well, well, I, mean, I, I just sent a Twitter message to Dan, Dan Slot. He's always on Twitter anyway. That's, I'm, I'm sure that's why Palmiotti and Connor did uh, Vartok over in uh, Super in Power Girl when they were doing that book. Just to just because they thought that we needed a return of the open shirt with the with the hairy chest. Of course we do. Well, all right. All right. Well, again, thank you. And remind everyone one more time, where can they find you if they want to hear more Caleb? Uh, if they want to hear more of me and my cohorts, Chris Mosby and Murray Fox, we're at Tales from the Long Box. We we post weekly, usually comes out Monday mornings, uh, your local time. And, again, we just passed five years, so there are, holy moly, there's like 260-plus episodes floating around on the internets. Yes, so if you're bored and you need a new podcast to listen to, there you go. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the plug. Appreciate it. All right, well, thank you again for being on, and we will see you guys next time. I believe I'll be doing, I think Brian should be back for Captain Marvel 31. See you later, guys. Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Our heroes watch in horror as Broderick and Terex meld until Terex is Broderick's crazy face. If Thanos was to fully win, Terex was to be yeah. If Thanos was to fully win, Terex was be to yeah.